Get out of my pub. Get out of my pub right now! I'm not going anywhere. Hello and welcome to Get Out of My Pod. I'm Nav. I'm Una. How's it going, Una? Oh, you know. <laughs> I feel like that's to my general answer. 2020. I don't know. Things. I am alive and stuff is happening. Stuff is happening. Yeah. It's funny, right? The the response that we've kind of been using to a lot of questions this year is to say is 2020. I guess the problem is is that at least the, f- the first few months of 2021 are going to be shit as well. So uh, Yeah, we're not even going to have an excuse. Yeah, I was, <laughs> Aaron was saying, my boyfriend was saying, um, like the other day he was like, surely, surely 2021 can't be worse. Like surely it's just got to get better. And I was like, just don't, just don't. don't you can't that. tempt fate like that. No. You cannot tempt fate like that. I suspect it will be better overall, but only because of the baseline being 2020 the only thing that could make 2021 worse than 2020 oh no 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 no, no. don't don't say that loud. <laughs> <laughs> i won't say it no i'll just say as long as we still have eastenders oh okay okay yeah yeah okay i feel like you've tempted fate a little bit there but <laughs> i'm i'm relatively confident that that will be the case we, we will have eastenders yeah anyway how are you now yeah good good you know a bit busy thinking about christmas christmas plans you know stay safe everybody don't have to follow all of the government guidance just because they given us a, a party a party five days yeah you can still stay home and be responsible if you want to be responsible listen to don't kill anyone it's beautiful exactly yeah chill out guys but um yeah no no i'm good i'm good i actually uh didn't watch eastenders until today so unusual for you very unusual for me and what a ride it was what an absolute ride i know we're going to get into it in in a bit but i have feelings and i have many feelings about this week i'm I'm quite excited oh my god i just want to say that look i'm not a christmas person i'm just i'm not big into christmas it kind of depresses me i you know i hate the cold weather like this time of year it's not my favorite time of year but i do love the eastenders run up to christmas oh my god it is like little i was gonna say little easter eggs obviously that's the wrong season but (laughs) little christmas crackers being left around to, to go off at any moment I love it. Very exciting. But um, before we go into the beautiful Seth we got last week for, you know, that, as you say, there's running up into Christmas. Shall we, mm-hmm. shall we talk about a bit of EastEnders news? A little bit of EastEnders news was, well, what I was going to say is that Jessica Plummer, a.k.a. Chantal, is out of I'm a Celebrity. Um, but you, as a television watcher, have informed me that I'm a Celebrity is also over now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's finished. What you're saying is true, though. It's accurate. I think she actually went out because we uh, released our episode a little bit late last week. I think she already had gone out before we released our episode last week. I mean, and let's be frank, it's coming up to nine o'clock on a Sunday night. So probably going to be a bit late this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So sorry, Maisie and Strictly Come Dancing. We're doing our best. That's all we can do. <laughs> do our best. But um yeah, so actually nobody is in is in the castle and But she didn't win. She didn't win and Shane Ritchie sadly didn't win either. He came fourth. Who did win? 
this woman called Giovanna, Giovanna, something like that. Not very famous. She, well, she is apparently famous. She does a podcast about being a mum. People like her. She seemed like a nice person. I didn't find her the most exciting person in the world, but you know what? She was pleasant, and pleasant is a bonus these days. So, so well done. Nice is an underrated trait. Absolutely. Well done, Giovanna. Well done, well done. And uh, Maisie's still in Strictly, by the way, because managed to catch the result before the podcast. Amazing. Um, so, yeah, that's. Uh, I don't think we've got. To be honest, all of our news the last few weeks have been EastEnders in reality shows. So maybe we need to find out about actual EastEnders news in in the next few weeks. Yeah, I mean, I just don't really because I'm such a like strong avoider of spoilers. I mostly don't find out about the news. To be honest, I actually don't get. Why? Because I obviously for the Twitter account we do, uh, we follow a lot of EastEnders accounts. Yeah. And it seems to be a thing about people waiting for spoilers. So like spoilers get released on like a particular time of the mm. day and a particular time of the week. And people are like looking forward to them. And I'm like, I don't want to know. Why do you want to know this? I've never understood that. Like, why do you watch the show if you want to find out what happened before you watched it? Hey, look, you know, people watch the show in many different ways. We have respect for all of you. It's just not for us. Yeah, there's a diversity of ways to watch the show and all of them are valid. Ours ours is the most valid. Yeah, I agree. Well, that's why we do a podcast, isn't it? Exactly. (laughs) Right, should we get into predictions? So, Nav, what was your prediction last week? Well, mine was that quite convoluted one saying that Mick has got a kind of longer game and he's, you know, he's doing all these different things with a view to confronting Katie. I'm now just super confused because I think on balance, you could say that's not what was happening. But then I feel like, and I don't know if it's me again, over reading stuff, but I I think of that scene, I know we're going to get into it. So maybe we don't need to discuss it now but there was a scene in the home that yeah. made me go maybe there's something else going on and I was right but anyway let's 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 discuss when we get into the week but um okay. what was your prediction my prediction was linda would win the lucy beal foundation award how do you do una thank you thank you just so much insight where do these like predictions come from i just like i don't know i just had a vision and i thought i'm gonna go with it and it works out pretty well it's bold and i respect it (laughs) i just wanted to feel good for one week you know what though as much as the prediction itself wasn't the most exciting the actual storyline in which she she won the award was quite an exciting one and a quite a big twist that for a long time I think you've generally been able to predict what uh EastEnders is doing with storylines mm. but the Ian Max twist I did not see coming at all me neither and I thought it was brilliant it actually took me quite I didn't even figure it out properly like on the, in the episode where Ian transferred the money I didn't even really get it it wasn't until the next episode that I was like oh wow yeah, until you did the reveal. I'm like, yeah. my word, what have you done here? I have got thoughts on EastEnders' portrayal of online banking, but let's uh, <laughs> let's let's get into it. And um, I, I'm wondering if it's better for us to kind of do all the non-Ian storylines first, and then we can get into get into the Ian stuff. Yeah, okay, let's go for it. 
So I feel like the biggest Nonian storyline was the surrogacy storyline, which I kind of thought got wrapped up a bit quicker than I thought it was going to. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, I guess there was no Nonian storylines because ultimately there was a link to, yeah. to Ian. But ignoring that link for the time being, I genuinely choked up at the two scenes of um, Stuart speaking to Keegan and Tiffany in the cafe I'm like oh my word oh my god just choked up I was just straight up crying just tears streaming down my face yeah well patriarchy isn't it it just stops the tears from actually falling out my eyes <laughs> um and also then obviously the scene of Rainy begging uh, oh. Tiffany to reconsider oh and then Tiff like getting down on her knees as well that was so sweet just incredible just incredible um yeah what did you make of them those scenes like I was a little bit relieved that um, that they actually did wrap up that storyline in it because I was, I don't know, I guess I was just feeling a bit nervous about like how far they were going to go with it and how heart-wrenching it was going to be for Stuart and Rainey and like the extent to which it was going to um, interfere with Keegan and Tiff's relationship. So I was a little bit relieved for it to get wrapped up like that and in this very kind of like nice heartfelt way. And I thought, you know, again, so well acted by all four of them. Unbelievable. They they have been doing a real service to EastEnders. I think EastEnders have been really good since the comeback, but there's been some dud moments and there are some dodgy actors on the square as well. But these guys, as you say, these four in particular, have really lifted East, EastEnders the last few weeks. Definitely, definitely. I thought it was really brilliant. Um, one thing, I totally forgot that Stuart has another daughter or has a daughter. Yeah, and actually, just on that note, uh, Tina has a kid as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Jar Jar, isn't it? Tina's kid. Isn't that Shirley's kid? Oh, no, it is Jar Jar. No, yeah. it's Tina. Yeah, because then she came back a little while ago and she was kind of like centre in the um, East Enders youth spin-off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. E20. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, anyway, secret and forgotten kids suddenly being remembered on the square. So much potential for people just coming back into the square at any point. I like it. So Stuart, um, you say, has got a son or a daughter? A daughter called Zara, who we saw um, kind of in the height of when Stuart was a villain. Um, I think she came back to the square for like a few episodes. I think she was only on for a week or something and um, had a few kind of just conversations with Stuart that basically I think she was just there to reinforce the idea of Stuart as as a troubled person and as a kind of like thoughtless dad, basically. Yeah, I, I think this this moment then is a is a really interesting one for maybe him to kind of revisit that. Maybe it'll kind of you know spark some emotions. Obviously, the fact that it was mentioned means that maybe that is a, a potential storyline we're we're, we're going to see. I would really like to see that. I think that would be a great development. The other kind of kid that's involved in all of this is obviously little baby Abby, who I've been a bit confused over the last few weeks where they've kind of been like, oh, it's just going to be the two of us and we're not going to have a baby. And I'm like, is is Abby, is baby Abby not around? Like, has Rainy not got custody anymore? But does she, then baby Abby was there in the show this week. So yeah, I was just a little bit confused about what's going on with that situation. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because I don't know if I had like a few months where I was only half watching EastEnders episodes because I've always been confused as to how that arrangement happened with uh, uh, Rainey um, 
you know, co-parenting Abby with with Max. Yeah. Um, because it's obviously not an arrangement that he's particularly enthusiastic about. Um, but the fact that she is co-parenting, like sometimes it's kind of really forefront, as you say, like, you know, that's what's happening. Yeah. And she's really protective of Abby. She obviously ran away with Abby that time. Um, but then, as you say, since the surrogacy stuff has come up, um, it's taken a bit of a, a backseat. Yeah, that's been a little bit funny. And I think they're going to need to figure it out before Max leaves, obviously. And maybe that's the way that, like, they, you know, they feel like parents. Maybe maybe Max will leave and he'll have to leave Abby on the square and then she will, like, become the child that they wanted. Do we know if Max is leaving uh, or is he going to die? He's definitely not going to die. The interviews that Jake Wood did when it was announced, he was said, he said, I'm really pleased that they're not going to kill off the character. There's still going to be an opening for me to come back. Okay, because I had this idea in my head that Stuart adopts uh, Abby, but, but obviously not, I guess. I mean, could happen, you know, if Max gives up his um, custody. Not out of the question. Well, I think, you know, Abby is what named after the daughter he killed. So that would be a real kind of... You know, that would be really bad to be like, oh, I killed one and I gave up the other. I gave up, you know, two abbeys I've got rid of from my life. He's not he's not got a good history with that, really, with parenting in general, has he? Yeah, you know, anything's possible. But um, yeah, just really well done, though, the whole Stuart Rainey stuff. I really hope they get a happy ending, even if it's a little saccharine, because I just have got so much invested in their happiness that I don't even care that they're fictional characters. I just want it to happen. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'll do if Stuart and Rainey get the full EastEnders like dismal treatment. <laughs> I just, I just need them to be happy. Like, there's a lot going on in the world, and it's a little ray of light. Right, and they do the comedy so well. So, like, as much as they they've done the drama and the tragedy, like, incredibly well. Um, then the lightness, like, is 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 so important to their characters, and and it just comes across really well on screen. Yeah, it is brilliant, and I am not bored of it yet. I want lots more. Lots more indeed, right? What are the other... It's really hard to think of what are the other non-Ian storylines. I think they tied everything in in the end, didn't they? I mean, I guess... Mick and Katie? Yeah, Mick's situation is pretty separate, obviously, apart from Max and Linda, which we'll talk about in a bit. But should we talk about Mick and Katie? Because this was your big prediction. Yeah, what, okay, so given I was the one who, you know, almost foisted my theory on you, <laughs> before I say anything, the scenes with Katie, particularly the scenes in the home, what did you take from them? Um, I thought they kind of a little bit went nowhere, didn't they? And I think mm. I understand your your feeling of like, oh, is he actually, you know, is he actually angling for some sort of revenge because the script was really quite like, like he kept saying, I feel like there's something else. I just feel like there's something else. And it felt a little bit like too on the nose for me. I mean, I think that again, like he acted it brilliantly and it's really, it's sad to see him go through it. And again, like Katie's such a believable villain, like so good at the gaslighting. Um, But it was a little bit odd. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I think the scenes that he's with Katie, I think he's doing brilliantly. I am getting frustrated and I can't tell if my frustration is with uh, the the character. So like if I was on the square, I'd be frustrated or whether it's with the way that it's being written. But the way he is around Linda and how he is around other people on the square, I like the fact that actually he had that outburst with Tina 
um, because it just felt a little more real. This whole thing of him just standing there like, yeah, not saying anything at all for ages. Right. It's just getting a bit much for me. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm, as I say, I'm angry with uh, Mick or I'm angry with the Stenders writers for, for those scenes, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I feel similarly as well. Um, but oh, Linda's 90s little party that she made. So sweet. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Just quickly, though, on kind of Mick and Katie. So yeah. there's the stuff of him saying, you know, there's more I want to find out. Um, and he's being very proactive in that regard, going to the home, you know, going around the grounds, like, you know, doing all this snooping and stuff. But then there was the scene of um, that exchange with the Katie about, um, you know, an incident in which he went back to her house. And I found that quite interesting because he was saying he was there by himself. Yeah, and there was a moment at which is I was thinking, is this it? Is this where he goes? Mm. You're lying, and then it suddenly then did an about turn, and he was like, oh, I guess I guess it's yeah me. I don't, I'm not remembering it properly, and I I'm like, maybe I'm right. Maybe he's trying to create a scenario in which she admits it, but then he's playing the scenes where it looks like he does believe her so believably that I'm like maybe I'm completely imagining this it's hard to know isn't it I think that I think that there could be a scenario where he just turns around in a week or two and just says I know you're lying but um I mean I think the thing that makes me think that that's not what's happening is how kind of how is how weird he's being in every other area of his life like it doesn't in all the other areas of his life it doesn't feel like he's got that much control over like how he's reacting to things which makes me think that also with Katie, maybe he is just reacting in the moment. If it's the case, and I, uh, I think it's distinctly possible that my theory isn't true and there's no confrontation going to happen, how does this get exposed then? I'd, I would like Frankie to somehow like do some detective work and expose it all. I don't know how that would happen, but that is how I would like it to happen. I'd like to see like Mick and Frankie like bond over it and her kind of get cemented on the square yeah i so want frankie to come back and i was fully expecting it um but it just didn't happen i guess her in her view she's got no links to the square so maybe there's no reason for her to come back um but i just she's she's such a good character and yeah i just wanted to be back and i'd love to see what relationship she has with with ben if she comes back oh yeah yeah, I keep forgetting that that's how she came onto the square in the first place. But yeah, that would be nice to see. Right. Yeah. Would be nice. I mean, should we talk a little bit about Ben? We saw a fair bit of Ben this week. Are we getting into Ian week? I guess we are getting into Ian week because, I mean... Oh, my God. That's what it was all about. It is Ian week. Yeah, we did see a lot of Ben um, going on a bit of a rampage to find out... Uh, well, to find Cush and Cat because he believed they were the ones to to grasp them up. Yeah, I didn't really get that because he was like, why have they done a runner? Why would they do a runner if they weren't guilty, as in like they're guilty of grasping him up? I'm like, they've done a runner because the police are after them because your boyfriend radioed it in. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, obviously let's stay on Ben, but I think um, there was a couple of like uh, people who they were trying to play in as suspects and their route to them being suspects was a little bit <laughs> far-fetched. So I think Tina is the other one for me. Yeah. Um, and Tina's the one that is the most kind of like, uh, I don't, this is ludicrous. Yeah. Um, but Ben is the other one where they've they've had to do a few kind of, you know, 
they've, they've gone in quite a kind of circuitous like route to, to try and get to him being a suspect. Yeah, they have a little bit, but you know, Ian did like fully grasp him up to the police, so it makes it does it makes sense to me. But why did Ian grasp them up? That's the that's the original sin that I'm just confused about. Or what, like why Ian did it in the first place? Yeah, I feel like that was scumbag. Well, he's a scumbag, but it's the the benefit to him feels minimal. But maybe I've forgotten something from that story. Yeah, I guess Ian's not usually like um, solely spiteful. He's normally driven by like some form of self interest, um, and that he did like purely out of spite. Yeah, right. So maybe some of a tweeter is going to remind us that there probably was some ulterior motive that we've completely forgotten about. But for the moment, as you say, it just feels solely spiteful. But um, are you okay? We're gonna, I guess, get onto predictions, and you've made your Lexi prediction. Um, <laughs> before we get into assessing the likelihood of each character, yeah. are you still committed to Lexi? So would that be a pointless exercise making that assessment? Hundred percent, Lexi did it. Yeah, she's a new Bobby <laughs> Beale. Well, okay, let's okay. Let me phrase the question in a different way. Um, <laughs> if it's not Lexi. <laughs> What is your percentage likelihood for it being Ben? And let's do that for each character. Um, I I think pretty low for Ben, personally. I think he already, he's done a lot of um, murdering and nearly murdering already in his life. It would be like I, a little bit boring if it was Ben. Yeah, Ben is low for me as well. Yeah. I just, just don't. It would be, it wouldn't be the most exciting reveal. So Yeah, it would be such a boring reveal. Right. Right, but um, should we move on to uh, another suspect? Let's let's do that. I'm trying to think if there's a segue from from Ben to another suspect, but I I kind of want to go back to Stuart and Rainey. Ooh. Um, and yeah, we saw them in the in that final VT on Friday. Yeah, their motive is that Ian revealed the surrogacy to Whitney, and he was so horrible to them as well on Friday. I was like, oh, God, he's just so awful. Yeah, and I guess maybe that kind of slightly undermines like our previous point that Ian doesn't think just to be solely spiteful because, again, there was literally no benefit to him. He's just a total dickhead all the time. Scumbag. Real, real scumbag. <laughs> I really hated him that week. Like, it was so mean, so mean. So awful. But I guess the thing that like makes Ian like so awful to watch is that there's something about him that's just really believable to me yeah it's slightly worrying how well he plays it to be honest yeah. you're a bit like i hope adam Woodyear is not remotely like this because <laughs> um yeah it's kind of worrying yeah so Stuart and rainy again i kind of think low low percentage in my mind i think more likely than ben because obviously like they are two characters who like their presence in the square has really been building they've kind of, i feel like they've kind of been promoted up to a kind of an upper tier of eastenders characters so like i th- right. i think they are in a position now that they like could be a key part of a storyline like this but i mean maybe i just don't want them to be because i want them to be happy and have a nice life yeah, and there's something kind of separate about Stuart and Rainey right now. It's like we're watching their own like film play out, yeah. um, and occasionally other characters from EastEnders like kind of have a bit part in their story. But the kind of focus of their storyline is is the two of them, and I feel like involving them in Ian's attack um, would just completely break that apart. 
Yeah, it would. I can see them being heavily suspected by the rest of the square. Oh yeah, I mean, in terms of like the the spotlight shining on anybody, it'll be those two because, you know, in Stuart's case, like for some relatively kind of you know good reason, but I hope they don't get framed or kind of yeah, I hope they don't get framed for it. Yeah, that'd be sad, wouldn't it? Mm. Oh dear, oh dear. But yeah, we're saying low again, right? I think so. Yeah, not high on my list. Um, so, I mean, another suspect that we saw was Tina. Right. Okay. So, I know we've kind of had hints at it the last week, but I kind of ignored it because I was like, oh, I don't really care about this. But the whole Tina trying to get the pub back, even though they left the pub because Linda is an alcoholic and Shirley also knows that. Yeah. What? Why? Why? Why was that a storyline? Yeah, um, tenuous, very tenuous. I don't know why they suddenly decided to write that in. What on like the Thursday of the week or something? Because it was like I feel like Tina, she was already out to get Ian, so like they didn't really need an extra motive. I think her being out to get Ian was already a little bit tenuous, but like there was no need to add another thing into that mix. I didn't feel like. I think we got a small. Uh, mention of this motive a couple of weeks back but it was so by the by that I didn't think this is what they were doing um and also why did they pull Shirley into it because Shirley wasn't Shirley the one to suggest that they needed to leave the pub yeah there's no way that Shirley would want the pub no one wants the pub back they left the pub on purpose and also I know EastEnders is in this weird pandemic no pandemic world um <laughs> we did see someone i did see someone in the background wearing a mask so i know it's not completely gone um so who would want to buy a pub in this situation really bad decision yeah very bad I'd not a decision i think mick would take he seems like a very sensible man quite quite and we got the um well mick obviously thought it was a stupid idea anyway because he had that go at, at tina yeah fair enough um but um we saw then tina literally barge into ian's house um which i initially was thinking like maybe they're not going to do a whodunit and it's we're just going to know it's tina yeah. but then obviously we've got the montage afterwards but um so surely it can't be tina it can't be because it's like too boring and obvious because she barged into the house yeah but you know bluff double bluff triple bluff like you know it's the kind of thing you can second guess yourself right because yeah they maybe they would predict where we, we'd say it definitely can't be tina so the twist would be it's tina but i don't think th that twist would last like three seconds before you suddenly realize oh this is quite a boring reveal <laughs> yeah yeah so i think i'm saying low percentage for tina as well yeah yeah and i think that all, all the ones we've kind of given a low percentage to i think it's both low percentage that it's going to happen and also we don't want any of those to be the people <laughs> yeah, right please not those ones do you think it's one of those yeah. ones where the cast don't know do you think they've not been told yet Ooh, i remember when they did the live episode when stacy was re revealed to be archie's yeah. killer um they didn't know until literally five minutes before the scene. Yeah. Yeah, because they'd all rehearsed different reveals, hadn't they? And then they just got told, okay, it's your one. Oh, Amazing. God. Amazing. I quite like it when they do that thing where they don't tell the cast because it's then everyone's kind of acting 
like quite shifty in a quite convincing way because they like genuinely just don't know. And actually, it'll be quite exciting because you'd expect them not to be doing a live episode next year. Um, so I, it would be quite exciting as a cast member to be able to sit down and watch it because they'll probably film each of the different reveal scenes yeah. and then they'll get to sit down on, t- at, on TV and go, I'm going to find out if I'm the killer. Oh my God. It's very exciting, isn't it? I mean, I know that we've just spent a bit of time saying a, a few things are ridiculous, but I love a whodunit. I absolutely love it. Um, I am very much here for it. And I think I wasn't expecting this to be a storyline that happened this year. So what I am very much here for it. What a treat indeed. Shall we get into the the juicy suspects now? Yeah, I feel like the next ones are the kind of like higher tier, high percentage ones. So, I mean, we had quite a bit of Peter and Bobby this week, didn't we? Peter and Bobby. Oh, hoo, hoo. this could be good if it ends up ends up being them. We obviously saw what, um, you know, the way that uh, Ian was with Bobby this week. Occasionally, it looked like he was trying to be nice to him, be a father to him. Then he reverted to type and was a prick. Yeah. And the Peter stuff, I don't think we got anything new this week. It's all, all based on just resentment that's kind of built since, you know, since the comeback. Yeah, I've got to say, Peter's very on the nose with his um, sort of, like, with the way that he talks about Ian. Like, that scene where they were, I think they were in the kitchen in the Vic, and Peter was like, so, Bobby, who deserves to be dead? Is it Dad or Lucy? Yeah, I know. I was like, I know. okay, I know. okay, we're going to go all the way there. Right, fine. By the way, we haven't actually discussed whether we think, I mean, we, we kind of know, but, but Ian's not dead, right? Yeah, no, he's not dead. He's not dead. Okay, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I didn't follow the news, but I remember when you told me about Ian leaving, It's he's taking a break. Like, he's not, I mean, unless they're going to kill him off and bring him back from the dead. Well, you know, it runs in the family. <laughs> Not out of the question, yeah. Resurrections. There, there could be another scenario in which it, they lied. They just lied to the press and said it's hiatus. Um, <gasps> and he's actually dead and he's leaving and we don't find out for Monday. Do you think they would play us like that? I mean, fair play to them if they have. Ah, this is so exciting. I know it is very exciting, and because the the other scene we got, there was obviously Peter saying like, "Who do you want dead?" Yeah. Then you had Max going, "Why, why shouldn't I just kill you now?" Which I was yeah. a bit like, "Well, because you, you you don't kill people. I know you think you're hard and stuff, but I don't think you've killed anyone." So yeah, he also literally had just said that he really like didn't want to go back to prison. Yeah, right. He was terrified and fair play. I understand that, but then suddenly it's like I'm just gonna you know casually kill someone. I don't think so all right so we don't think we don't think max i agree i don't think it's max like i just i don't think he would actually kill someone he's never killed someone has he well but this is interesting are we saying ian is dead no but i like i reckon it was an attempt Uh, um, to kill him okay yeah we haven't we haven't finished with bobby and peter though yeah okay so peter and bobby i feel like i don't think it's bobby i think it could be peter yeah and i go back to something we said i think last week or the week before that peter could end up framing bobby yeah yeah that could definitely happen that would be a an interesting storyline i think i think i would like find it difficult and painful because i love bobby but i think in terms of a kind of like 
meaty storyline, like just the Beals completely falling apart. I yeah. think it would it would be a good storyline. I think it would be really good. And I know that we were saying, I think last week or the week before, that like Kathy has become a little bit of a like fringe comedy character and that would get her back into a bit of a more serious role, which would be quite nice. The only thing I'll be a bit concerned about is has uh who the guy who plays Peter learnt to do the accent properly yet? Because if not, I don't think I wanna see that. Oh my god! And I was hoping it was like that week, not being great, but it was also bad this week. I'm sorry. Yeah. So give him some lessons, someone. Uh, just also to be honest, if he suddenly just dropped the accent, I know it might be a bit jarring for a week, but I'd be like, I'm, I, I think you should do it. I think just drop it. <laughs> they should have brought him back with a New Zealand accent. Do you know what? Funny enough, this reminds me. Do you remember Vicky? Um, is it Sharon's? How, how is it? Is it Sharon's oh. sister? No. Yeah, it's Sharon's sister, right? Yeah, so I think it's Michelle's daughter who who she had, she slept with Den, Dirty Den. Yeah. Um, And I think she had Vicky. And I remember when she came onto the square as an adult. Yeah. Um, She started off with an American accent. Oh, yeah. And then I think a few weeks or a few months in, they suddenly dropped it and just gave her a British one. <laughs> could, she just, could she just not do the American accent? Was it too hard? It was not very good, no. <laughs> Fair enough. I just think if there's a problem to be solved, just solve it. Just solve it. We're fine with it. You know, some of the leaps of imagination we're ready to take when we watch EastEnders, just test us. We will We will be with you. <laughs> All right. So Peter and Bobby, we're like, that's a possibility. We're thinking more yeah. likely to be Peter, but Bobby could very easily be framed. I agree. Yeah, this yeah, still not my top top suspects, but um uh yeah, they're my kind of medium to high level suspects. Um kind of talked about Max already. So that really brings us I think to the last suspect, your number 1. Well, the last suspect we saw on the VT and they are pretty high up there for me on the montage rather um was uh was suki oh yeah good point i forgot that we saw suki and we saw her with a pretty solid alibi it looked like right and in terms of who could pull it off like suki is definitely the person yeah for sure like it's almost unbelievable that she wouldn't have done it at this point right right although okay so here the thing for me is that I'm kind of working out my kind of suspect ranking like as we go. So actually, I'm probably going to move her slightly lower down than Bobby and Rainey. Not Bobby and Rainey, sorry, Bobby and Peter. Right. Because I think she's got a grand plan, and I think the Panasars are going to get the pub. Oh, my God. I'd never considered that. God, every week, you just come out with yeah. something, and it's so exciting. They are going to get the pub, aren't they? All good villains get the pub at some point. All good villains get the pub. I also, <laughs> I think this is a sign of a good friendship that you're so excited by my predictions. <laughs> but the fact is, is that so many of them don't come true. But they're all so good, though. They all should come true. Um, Appreciate it. Yeah, I would. That would be that would be really excellent. I feel like. I don't think that Suki did do this. I think it would be like very believable that she did it, but it's almost too on the nose because she is just like the arch villain at the moment. Do you think she got someone else to do it? 
Yeah, I mean, that is a possibility, isn't it? It could have been Suki. I mean, it could have been Suki that prepped Lexi to do the final deed. <laughs> if there's anyone who would send a child to do an attempted murder, it's Suki. I, I have a deep admiration for your commitment to this theory. <laughs> Thank you so much. Look, never say never. I mean, I think it's... Com- Complete bullshit, but um, <laughs> um, I, I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan. It would be a great storyline. That's all I'm saying. So here's the question then: If it's not Suki, and I think we're both on the same page of going, probably not. Why? What was she creating an alibi for? Yeah, I mean, it could be anything. She could be, I don't right. know, she involved in any sort of villainy that she might have been creating an alibi for. Um, but hopefully, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, quite. I think I think she was creating an alibi for something, you know, something else that's villainous. And I hope whatever it is does lead to to us seeing the panacea's behind the the uh, the bar at the Vic. Fingers crossed. I would like if that was the New Year episode, I would be over the moon. Oh my days! Can you imagine it? Oh God. So exciting. So so excellent. So we've been through everyone who was in the montage on Friday. I feel like there's Mm. one person who was not in the montage that we need to talk about, and that is Sharon. We need to talk about Sharon. We got to see a lot of Sharon this week. I really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. She was on form. And I love the scenes uh, discussing the divorce with Phil. (laughs) Yeah, so excellent. She's like, I am getting what I am entitled to. And being married to Phil should come automatically with compensation. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. 100%. So there was one of the funniest scenes I thought this week was when Ian transferred the money from the Lucy Beale Foundation account into Max's bank account. And they were watching like some sort of horror film on TV. And it was like the shiftiest music that has ever happened. going on while Ian kind of like stuck up his laptop. You know, when that scene happened, before I realised there was a film on, I was a little concerned <laughs> that was e- that was music that EastEnders had, had overlaid onto You're it. You're like, guy, you've gone too far now. I was like, okay, I get it. This feels a little now, like, kind of like Cluedo now, like of, uh, is it Cluedo or whatever? Like, you know, like a scene going like it was, it was the butler with a hammer. Like it just felt a little bit too kind of, you know, Midsummer Murders or something like that. But no, it was just clever background music. It was actually great. Well, yeah, clever, a little bit silly, but EastEnders was a little bit silly in general in various ways this week, and I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I'm totally here for it, especially like in the lead up to a big whodunit. Yeah, really well done. Yeah, I do have another comment on that scene, which is anybody who's done any online banking knows that it logs out after a certain amount of time for safety reasons. So the idea that like, and also Sharon's phone, like he, what he memorized all the numbers he needed to memorize, like um, there was just too many, you know, things going, yeah, you, you, but online banking does just doesn't, I don't know, do you use online banking? It just doesn't stay logged in, right? No, it doesn't. It's a bit more secure than that. My issue was not so much the unrealistic portrayal of online banking, um, although, <laughs> yeah. Is that just me? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, (laughs) it was unrealistic. (laughs) Didn't bother me too much, but fair enough. I'm just security conscious, but tell me your what your issue was. My thing 
was like, has Sharon not learned anything about Ian Beale at this point? Like, even if she's like, yeah, I'm still going to be mates with him. I've been friends a long time. Like, I can get past everything he's done. Don't leave your online banking logged in and then go to sleep while Ian Beale's in the house. Also, I love how, like, delicately, like, Sharon sleeps. Like, no dribbling, (laughs) no snoring, no... Like, it was just like... That was, like, the fakest sleeping I've ever seen. Well, so this is something I'm wondering. Is it that Sharon was pretending to be asleep and she maybe she knows that Ian did that and that's going to be her main motive? Uh, I think that's interesting, but I think it would be a waste of the kind of, you know, den boat scene murder to not let that be the motive. But but yeah, I do see, I do see how that could play out, though. Yeah, I guess my thing with the uh, Denny murder or manslaughter, I don't know what you'd call that, um, yeah. is that what, as you said in a previous week, like would Sharon really be able to stay all like cool and calculated if she knew, if she found out that Ian did that to her son? See, but this is, this is what I'm wondering and uh, this is why I'm a little bit suspect as to why she wasn't included in the montages because we didn't get any sign of it in throughout the week and so I think she didn't know what I could still envisage though is a situation in which um she finds out um and the whole thing kind of plays out within a few hours because where was Ian found Ian was found in the pub Sharon obviously lives there so in terms of you know, her ability to do it, you know, she's got the means and the op- opportunity. Yeah. All we needed to complete the puzzle was the motive. Yeah. And I think if she finds out, I can imagine there being a flashback scene where she finds out and we get a whole episode of them going at it in the pub <gasps> for a few hours. Oh, yeah, that would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so wow. do, why do you think she wasn't in the montage? Do you think it was a you know, a way for us to not consider her a suspect or is she just not a suspect? I This is my question. I Is it just going to be someone who's not in the montage? Because I do think there are a f- kind of maybe a few potentially believable people who weren't in the montage. Um, so there's like Phil, that would be quite boring. Obviously there's Lexi. Um, like, I mean, maybe even someone like Lola they could bring into this. Kathy as well. Kathy, yeah, definitely. And and obviously another person we've discussed, but I think we've possibly ruled out, but but is there is is Dottie? Yeah, there is Dottie as well. I mean, they kind of they sent her away to Ireland, didn't didn't they? But I guess like there could be a way for her to have done it as well. So I don't think it's necessarily someone in the montage. Yeah, and actually one thing that I've completely forgotten about just thinking of Dottie is that Dottie did tell Sharon what Ian did. I know, that was so wild, wasn't it? And then just like Sharon just didn't believe her and then it was all over. Right. So I don't know if like Sharon needs like a full reveal now to find mm-hmm. out what Ian did. Because even if the tiniest thing corroborates what Dottie said, yeah. um, then that's all she's going to need. And and we never did quite find out what happened with, with Denny's phone. Yeah. So my mind does keep going back to that scene where there was the phone that was like a bit smashed up and Sharon put it in the bin or someone put it in the bin and Sharon got it out of the bin and it went in her pocket and we haven't seen yeah. it or heard anything about it since so it could be that yeah that Sharon actually finally listens to one of those messages or you know put some pieces together 
and figures it out. So, okay. So having seen the last week and accounting for your firm commitment to the Lexi theory, yeah, putting that to one side, give me a name. Who's it going to be? It's going to be Sharon. Yeah. Obviously, if it's not Lexi. Yeah. Which would be a shame. <laughs> which would be a real disappointment, EastEnders, you know, EastEnders writers. Should we put a bet on it? Because I remember when um, it was Who Killed Lucy Bill, you could bet on it. I actually nearly did place a bet. I'm I'm ready for it. Yeah, I'm be interested to see. We probably should have checked this before the um the podcast to see what the odds are. I wonder what the bookies are saying. Who are, who's the odds on favorite? <laughs> I'm going to do a little rundown of the suspects and the order of likelihood that we think based on what we've just been discussing. The ranking, the final ranking. All right. So I think we've got right at the bottom. I reckon. We've got Ben. Yeah, I'm happy to put Ben at the bottom, yeah. Boring. He's already killed someone. It's just, like, too straightforward. Um, right. I think next we've got Stuart and Rainey. Yeah, can I put Stuart, Rainey and Tina on a joint a joint ranking? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. yeah, Stuart, Rainey, Tina, we think probably not. Doesn't really make sense. Next up, I think we've got Max. He definitely doesn't want to go to prison. Although yeah. he is leaving. We do know that Jake Wood is leaving, but maybe that's not going to be happening. Well, that's why I think he's he's above those other suspects. But yeah, I don't think much higher than that, though. I guess the thing is, if Max does do it and then goes to prison, then Stuart and Rainey would get Abby. I don't want um, Stuart and Rainey to get Abby like that, though, because I want whoever did Ian in to get away with it. yeah i fully agree ian deserved it um all right right, so next up we've got suki like kind of likely because she's a villain she like definitely would do that but again like a bit too straightforward yeah i think for me if you asked me on a different week i'd swap uh suki and max yeah but yeah it just depends on how much i think about it so i think yeah kind of you know, they're round about the same, but I think given what we've seen, like, I think Suki, yeah, probably yeah. slightly higher than Max. Um, I think next up we've got Bobby, like, might be yeah. involved, probably didn't do it. If he did do it, he'd be manipulated by Peter. Right, exactly. Next up we've got Peter, I think pretty likely. Yeah. Um, and as you said, may frame Bobby, which would be an interesting storyline. Right. And then obviously... Number one, seeing as we're putting my theory about Lexi to one side, is Sharon. I just think that storyline, the Sharon option just has so much more potential than any of the other ones. Yeah, 100%. And I think she deserves that storyline. I I think in terms of the effort she's put in this year. This is now going to be my tribute to Sharon and (laughs) Letitia Dean. Um. But I think, yeah, she just deserves to be the person who gets the kind of limelight for that for that storyline. So, yeah, I guess the next question then, before we maybe have a kind of brief conversation about how we thought EastEnders filmed the scenes last week, is how long do you think we've got until we get a reveal? Oh, I always find this so hard. I feel like I always get it wrong. I think the reveal, I think it's not going to be Christmas. I think that's too soon. And But maybe it could be New Year. Oh, you think it's going to be quite a short turnaround then? I mean, everything has been 
relatively sure. Well, no saying that. I mean, we've still got Grey. Grey's murderousness has not been revealed yet. I was going to say the turnaround has generally been quite short, but we still have not seen a resolution to um, the Grey and Chantel storyline. Yeah, and it feels like that one's going to run into the new year as well. So it's almost like, does one have to come before the other? Or I guess it doesn't have to. I do think... Oh, wait. No, because we have to factor in how long Adam Woodjack wants off screen as well. Although I guess the reveal could come before he comes back. Well, I'm wondering if his time off screen is basically him being in a coma, which yeah. feels a little bit kind of, you know, TV... <laughs> like you know american soap kind of thing but um yeah and actually do you think ian knows who attacked him mm, yes yeah i definitely want he sees who it is i guess the only thing for me though is ian was lying on his front oh i didn't even notice that you're so observant <laughs> i literally watched the episode about an hour before <laughs> we recorded so when I watch EastEnders, I'm literally like never thinking about the future. I'm always like right there in the episode, like, oh, I'm not, I'm never thinking like what could happen next. Like, what might this person do? So when we come to the podcast, I'm just like, I don't, I just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That's a much better way to watch the program than like constantly be going, like, could this be where they're going? Could in this the moment, be where they're going? So I've just got to, yeah. I've got to let it go. I've got to stop, you know, looking at what side. Ian is, is lying on. I guess maybe if it was a kind of Easter reveal, um, that would be a year since the boat crash. So that would kind of make sense. Yeah. And that's, again, a reason to think that it might be Sharon, yeah. because obviously the boat crash is what took Denny. So, yeah, yeah that would be a, a kind of beautiful tying up of of, uh, of Ian's storyline. And I, I don't know how long, as you say, Ian is planning to be off. So, um, or Adam Woodyett rather is planning to be off so yeah. exciting times but what did you make then of of like EastEnders as a whole that week but also particularly the montage on Friday? Um, I thought the montage was hilarious I was not expecting the music. No no and also the way they went into it with Tina slamming the door yeah and then it was suddenly like is someone in prison now i don't know why they made it sound like you know a slammer door shutting um but uh it was very silly and i absolutely loved it yeah i thought it was brilliant um really really cheered me up really got me in the christmas spirit <laughs> thank you eastenders for giving us a potential murder for christmas what a lovely gift you know, I'm not into like Christmas music. I I think early December is too early to be doing Christmas things. But you know, the sight of some EastEnders characters covered in blood—that really fills me with Christmas cheer. Well, hey, Christmas time! <laughs> Ian's been done in. Um, I could carry on going. I had more lyrics, but you know, I'm gonna gonna leave you to do the the music on on the podcast. Well, it's time for another musical interlude. And Nav, <laughs> who is your Eastender of the week? Oh my god, this is exciting because I haven't got a name in mind. Oh, in fact, actually, no, that's a complete lie. Um. It's between two, and I think it's people we've said before, but literally they were superb. Uh, and just because it was the first person to almost make me cry, 
I'm going to go with with Stuart. Oh, yay, Stuart. Yeah, he was he was so great. Also, we didn't talk about it this week, but that bit where he punched D.I. Thompson, loved it. Yay! Oh, go on, yeah. Stuart. Woo! Big bro power. Yeah, that was beautiful. Well done, Stuart. Well done, Stuart. Yeah. Who is your EastEnder of the week? So very similar. Mine was almost Stuart. But actually, the character in that scene who started me off crying was Tiffany. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, all four of them. It could have been any four of them. There's a real kind of maturity about their characters, which done by anyone else wouldn't be believable. So like the idea of a 17-year-old being that mature might feel a little bit uh, hard to believe if if it was another character yeah but because of what she's been through um because of obviously the story of like her and Keegan coming together and what Keegan's been through it's really believable like the both of them yeah definitely and it's such a nice place for them to have taken her character like obviously having been on the square for most of her life and being this like really like cheeky bubbly little girl I think they've done such a good job of like developing her into such a well-rounded like quite deep character right right I guess we're at the end of the podcast so maybe I shouldn't open this up for discussion I guess the only small worry is is they don't do what they've done to Lola which is completely strip away that kind of joy and fun yeah, just like put her into this domestic role. <laughs> right, right. She's 17. I want to see her having fun, going out, having a good time. Yeah. Oh, if, if Tiff and Whitney could just have like a kind of season of fun in 2021. Oh, my God. Yeah. And Lola. Lola. Whitney, uh, Tiff and Lola. Oh, my God. It's incredible. So talking of predictions, what's your prediction? I've got nothing. I just, I've uh, I've tried so many weeks in a row. Obviously, nailed it this week. But um... should we skip it this week? <laughs> I feel like we should skip it because sometimes we do it because it's a feature we've got, and we're not getting rid of the feature. Well, at least I don't think we should. We haven't discussed it. Um, but I think sometimes we do it just because, like, we have to do we it. Do. So I mean, maybe the let's... whole episode speculating about who attempted right. to kill Ian Beale. Pick your prediction from the many predictions we've made in the yeah. episode. <laughs> Great. Great. Got, got it really takes the pressure off. It does. It does. Well, I think we've beautifully wrapped up another another episode of Get Out of My Pod. I think we have. I'm so excited for EastEnders tomorrow. I might even watch it live. Keep listening, guys, and um, yeah, thank you for staying with us despite all of our late episodes. So, um, <laughs> bye, bye. bye.